Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. I am so excited to have met a new friend today. Her name is Anat Perry. Welcome to the show, Anat. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Nelia, for having me on here. Thank you. I can't wait to get started. Um, I love what the stuff we're talking about today. So Anat Perry, um, she is the founder of training camp for the soul. I love that. And a transformational life coach specializing in developing her clients emotional resiliency as the access to taking inspired action. With over 16 years of experience in developmental work, she has helped hundreds of people create the life they desire. And you guys know the show is all about creating the life that you want. So I love this. Um, her work teaches people how to use their emotions as allies, to uncover what they truly want in life and propel them to more success and true deep happiness. Along Anat's journey, she has learned to use failure to her advantage. I love it. Reframing it as feedback to correct her course. She went from living in force, fear, codependency, and self-doubt to courageously pursuing her passion and purpose. Anat considers it her mission to help people thrive committed to bringing positive energy, compassion, and tenacity to serve as a catalyst to the elevation of their clients' lives, relationships, and performance. Through sharing her leadership expertise, formulas, healing modalities, and priceless wisdom from life experiences, she has helped countless people to own their own power and create a life by design. You know, life is so short. I am so happy to meet people like you, honestly. So yeah, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Uh, where are you tuning in from today? I'm tuning in from a beautiful, sunny day in San Diego, California. <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's like cold and rainy here. I'm, I'm in Canada and oh, we did have a few nice days, but I'm telling you, I think the snow's coming again for a couple of days. <laughs> Well, now, yeah, I'm, I'm beaming some sun, sun rays and sunshine and warm weather to you now and hope it reaches fast. Thank you so much. Um, so, Anat, where do we start? Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started in this business and, and what, you know, what matters to you? Yeah, well, I think you did a very good job just now of introducing who I am and, this, uh, the, and I wasn't born this way. Um, or maybe I was born this way and then I forgot and I found my way back. Love it. <laughs> um, but right now, you know, life is amazing. I have a thriving business. I'm recently engaged to an amazing man and uh, but, but probably at like the top of my game 
Beautiful. so far, um, 41 years old. And uh, just short, you know, nine years ago, I was still struggling. I actually hit my rock bottom about nine years ago. Um, you know, prior to that, I struggled with codependency in every relationship, um, feeling lost in my career, um, $40,000 in debt, uh, unhappy, unfulfilled, dealing with a lot of insecurities, not willing to step into my own power. Um, and about, and at the same time, starting my self-development journey. So it was, it was interesting to gain insight into myself and at the same time feel like I'm not making any progress. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll touch on that more later, but so about um, eight years into my self-development journey is when I hit my rock bottom where I uh, left a five-year relationship that probably should have ended after three years and um, bought a one-way ticket to California with no job, no car, no home, no plan, and $2,000 to my name, no self-love, a lot of anger and resentment and bitterness. <laughs> and uh, so for those of you listening, if you've gone through it or you're going through it, there's still hope for you. It could completely turn around and it doesn't just happen. It took me going deeper into the work that actually creates lasting transformation. And I'll touch on that as well. Um, so that was like my, my own self journey of hitting that rock bottom. And the good thing about hitting rock bottom is you can't fall off the floor. So mm -hmm. from there, I was like, okay, well, I got nothing more to lose. So I practiced letting go of the control of thinking that I knew what was best for me. Cause clearly I didn't know what was best. If at almost 33 years old, I didn't have anything to show for it. And so I just started to live in a deep surrender and allow myself to be guided by the universe and start to listen and learn from, from the wisdom of the universe, as opposed to my limitations. And it led me to the beginning of, of my, my true healing journey. Um, you know, I say that because up until that point, even though I was doing self-development work, the work that I was doing was very uh, mindset, cognitive, mm -hmm. and the mind is important and it's, it is good work, but it was lacking the body. It was lacking the connection to our energetic field, to, to, to my emotions. And so it was a lot of what I call trimming the weeds. Uh, but good for you. I mean, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in these places and we don't know how to start to get ourselves out. Right. So sometimes when we're deep in all that stuff, because a lot of us, I think at one point or another, we deal with all of that self-loathing and all the stuff you described, you know, and how do you even begin? And sometimes you don't feel strong enough to take that first step, right? So good for you that you, that you uh, dedicated, you know, your time and your energy to that. Yeah, I think a part of me always knew that um, this was my path. I remember being uh, in high school and my girlfriends always came to me for advice. <laughs> I mean, Nellie, if I could rewind <laughs> movie and watch what I said, I'd probably cringe. Um, 
But for my age and for who I was, whatever it was, it created peace of mind. It was helpful to the people around me. So I always had this this gift, this wisdom. And uh, it's the heart, too. I can see the heart through the screen. Thank you. Yeah. But I needed to remember that I need to get myself there. And that took me about 10 years of my journey to experience real transformation where um, you feel space for something new, where you can take new actions and behave in new ways and not just acquire a lot of knowledge. Awareness is important. It's like, it's what I call stage one of the five stages of transformation. But if you stop at knowledge, if you stop at awareness, then you're going to be busy managing yourself for a really long time. And I know it's frustrating. I know firsthand it's frustrating because when I met my, my mentor, you know, eight years into this journey, he goes, you're you, you you're ready to be done aren't you I'm like I'm so ready and not that we're ever done but done with dealing with the same stuff mm. and you know he led me into into my body into realizing that um how powerful our body is at healing itself and um that yes there's plant medicine that could support that and there's you know guides and mentors that could support that but at the end of the day like you hold the power and it's it's all in our body I mean you know when our moms were pregnant with us how much thought did they have to give in order for us to develop in the womb not much yet here we all are yeah and I always like to share this analogy too you know when you burn your finger or you cut yourself you feel this strong sensation called pain, right? We label it as like, ouch, that's painful. And we put ointment on it or ice on it or a Band-Aid on it. But that's not really what's doing the healing to your body. I believe that the reason that we feel this strong, painful sensation is for it to signal to the rest of the body that this part needs healing, and so I've, uh, I've, I've experienced the same thing with healing from, you know, big T traumas to little T traumas to, uh, you know, any past hurts. Um, I've experienced the body being able to process and uh, discharge and bring, come back to wholeness of that. We can talk about that too. That's beautiful. I love that connection for sure. What is uh, one of the most common personal blocks that you think most people don't know that they have, um, but that they have? Like, I mean, there are so many instances where um, I think we surprise ourselves. Sometimes somebody will point it out to us and, and we don't know that that's a part, of, a part of who we are or what we're doing. So what would you say is one of the most common uh, blocks that people have? Hmm. Um, I don't know that it's a particular one or even two. It's 
the the place to really look and know that like you're you're living in some kind of block or identity is if you are too much in your comfort zone you know the the identity is going to create this cushy place and this illusion um, for you to reside in so that you could be in this illusion of safety and um, so I think what I see with my clients a lot of times is they, they may have blocks and come in for, for something specific like self-sabotage um, or not having confidence in themselves. Uh, but what they end up uncovering is usually much, not even related and much deeper to that because your life is a movie. Mm. You're the writer, you're a director, you're the producer, you're the actor. And you learned a script when you were young. And all that's happening right now is you keep playing out the same roles. You keep playing out the same script and you keep casting people to play in your movie that fit what your script says, what, what you learned, what your identity is telling you, all to continue to stay alive. And I say that stay alive, meaning um, the movie must go on. Mm. So as much as we want something to be different, if you are always playing out the same roles and the same script, then that, that becomes your comfort zone. That becomes the way that it just is. And we learn to take on, this is just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, I'd say that's the biggest one. A lot of times that's a blind spot for people is how much they've accepted something as the good best enough, as good enough. Even if what that is, is I'm not good enough. Mm. It's I've sent It's like you're sentencing yourself to that. It's like you get up, go to work, come home, make dinner, go out, um, go to bed. Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. just, or, or whatever it is, or if you deal with depression and it's just like this, 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 uh, this is the way it is. That's happened to me. Actually, I got so comfortable in the darkness that I was like, I'm okay with feeling this way. You know, you get so comfortable and you become afraid of, to see what else is out there. Yes. Things are too comfortable. Mm -hmm. You hit it on the nail. It's, um, it's like, even though you really don't want to be in the darkness, even though you don't want to experience depression anymore, there's a part of you that's attached to it. Yes. There's a part of you that's quote unquote addicted to it. That is like, if my identity lets this go and there's something greater for me possible, then that means that all these other parts of my identity, all these other beliefs that I have about myself, I have to let go of too. And there's just this big fear of like, well, who am I without these? Mm -hmm. and it, 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 it's, it's wild, but it becomes an illusion of comfort that I'm better off just staying in my, in my pain and my suffering, my depression and my anxiety and my darkness than giving myself a chance mm -hmm. to experience something else.
Uh, and I love, I love what you said, um, Annette, because you said giving space, you know, for something new. It doesn't mean instead of, there can be room for everything. Mm -hmm. And there is everything. That is the human experience. Human experience is the full spectrum. And uh, I have, I have a uh, facilitator in training that falls into depression, right? Or like can really dance in the full spectrum. Mm. And it's only recently that she's finally seeing it as that, as like, I'm just someone that has the full wide range of the rainbow and from the light to the dark. And, um, and that's all it is, as opposed to here I am feeling, feeling this darkness again. Why, how can this go away? Like, how can I fix this where you're making it wrong? And the more you make it wrong, the more it is wrong and the more than you're wrong. And then the more you spiral into feeling more of that mm. as opposed to giving it the love that it actually needs. Yeah. Um, don't ignore it. Right. Yeah. Embrace it and see it as, as a gift. I also see this with um, clients of mine that are highly sensitive people mm. that are empathic and very sensitive That's me. And, and feel other people's energy and sometimes to the point where like you you know someone next to you is 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 having a bad day or emotional and you feel yourself getting emotional and sometimes and people when when they don't get this as a superpower yet it's a superpower Nelia when they don't get it as a superpower yet it seems like hell it's like oh my god exhausting i need to stay in my own space i don't want to be a big parties be around people and really it's a superpower but you have to learn to work with it instead of fighting it and wanting it to not be there i, I love that you turn that around because uh, you know that to, to think of something in that way instead of a curse it it will change everything yeah i mean my 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 ceo my co-facilitator chris he's like that he's extremely sensitive and he's in the gift of it now and his ability to be able mm. to read energy feel energy transmute energy it's amazing and i think the same thing with people that can experience the darkest of the darkest could feel and go and to these painful places quote unquote painful they're able to relate and uh, to, to those that, that struggle with it as well. You know, my one client that experiences this often, I, I said to her, I go, do you know the amount of, of like, of, of strength that you have for you to be able to be with it, even though you're resisting it. Right. And I said to her, I go, you know, a fire can burn down a village. And that same fire could feed a whole village. It just mm, how you that. use it. And so if you're using it in a way where you're causing fire everywhere, <laughs> well, then that's what's going to happen. And that was her. Like she couldn't be with her. She, she didn't know how to 
express her anger appropriately, how to process that appropriately. So it would come out that way. When she learned and realized that she only gets to that level of rage or anger because she's not communicating appropriately sooner. And it's, and it's, it's not her fault. She never learned how to communicate her needs for mom and dad. So all she knew is just to have temper tantrums and then mom and dad are saying, um, what's wrong with you? Calm down. You need to relax. So all they taught her was when you're like this, Mm. something wrong with you. Yeah. I love this generation that me and you are in because we're really starting to teach ourselves and, and educating ourselves about these things and, and getting coaches who have been through it and, you know, learning from people like you, because it's true. Um, I think the other generation didn't really, you know, it wasn't a thing. No, it wasn't. And so here we are course correcting. (laughs) Yes. Um, But once she realized that, oh my God, now I'm just doing the same thing to myself. Every time I feel rage or anger or, you know, darkness, pain, depression, I treat myself the way mom did. I say, what's wrong with me? I shouldn't be feeling this way. This needs to stop. And, you know, what's missing is just if she knew how to communicate, which she's learned through my work, how to communicate her needs appropriately, then it never escalates to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, so and then, stop resisting, right? Yeah, you stop resisting. And then your fire feeds the village instead of burning it down. And she's, <clears throat> you know, she's in training to be one of my facilitators. And I was like, I've seen you facilitate. I go, you got power. You got, you. she can hold a lot of energy, a lot of space because that like that's the gift of it Mm. so i invite those listening and struggle with it to to allow yourself to shift the perspective that whatever is hard on you is really you're given this because you have this capacity and if you work with this capacity it becomes a superpower I love that so much. Thank you. Because it's almost like when you're in it, it feels so big to get out of it. So what is the one thing that perhaps somebody on the fence doesn't really know how to start? What would, for example, be um, a small, simple, um, actionable tool that they can apply to get started? Like what could be a first step for someone? Mm. Uh, what a very easy tool is something that I call priming safety. Hmm. If we don't feel safe, then we don't occupy our bodies. Hmm. We go into the, the mind and let the mind dictate and control. And so learning to feel safe in our body so our body can know how to process these emotions, these energies, that's what we are. And so I call it priming safety because like priming a wall, I'm going to repaint the wall from, from beige to blue, you have to prime it first. And so before you can get into uh, the healing experience, you have to prepare yourself and prime yourself with safety. And so when someone is feeling a lot of energy, um, you you want to start this this practice and uh, 
I'll, I'll start off by asking a question, Nelia, when someone is, is scared or not safe, how do they sit? Very um, hunched over, protective, sometimes they up in a ball. be like, you know, touching yeah. a part of themselves or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So how would one sit if, if he or she was safe? Shoulders down, posture, mm-hmm. just everything. You can just, you know, yeah. like yeah. A, a breathe, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. sitting up straight, spine straight, chest open, palms up on your lap, like open to receiving. So that is already signaling to the body safety. Mm. Then there's the breath. How does one breathe when they don't feel safe? Yes. And having anxiety, I can tell you all about that. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even pay attention. You're just feeling like you're hyperventilating. You're not paying attention to your breath at all. Yeah. So shallow breathing, upper chest, or not even breathing. Some people holding, holding. So how would one breathe if they were priming safety? Mm -hmm. Deep belly breaths. And I like to start with the exhale, Mm. blowing all the air out of your mouth. There's a lot of excess leaks. So getting it all out and then taking that first deep inhale, filling up and exhaling filling up, maybe holding it at the top for a few seconds and exhale, and all into the belly and the diaphragm. So putting your hands on your rib cage and, and seeing the rib cage expand out. Deep breaths. Paying attention and being mindful of what you're doing. Breath, 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 breath. And then the last part is occupying the monkey mind. <laughs> This is scary, or this is too much. I can't handle this. Tuning in to another radio station called Safety and repeating to yourself, I'm safe, safe to be in my body, safe to feel this, safe to experience this. I'm safe, safe to be in my body, safe to feel this, safe to experience this. So you're sitting open deep belly breaths and you just keep repeating that till you drop into your body and start to scan for any sensation and then you might ex- start experiencing some some releases mm-hmm. the way the body releases is yawning it's a very powerful form of release as a yawn <laughs> yes Um, Sometimes people think it's that they're tired. No, not unless it's late at night or you haven't slept well. It's your nervous system down-regulating. It's releasing energy. Um, Crying is a powerful form of release. And I want to speak to those that cry a lot because that's me or was me. There's a difference between crying releasing and crying indulging. Mm. Cry, but they're just fueling the fire. It's like, you know, something upsets you. And then on top of that, you start, the monkey mind starts saying, yeah, because you're a loser. Yeah, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. And all that stuff just makes you feel what? Feel worse. So yeah, you're crying, but now you're like drowning in your sorrow. So making sure that that's not the, that's not releasing, that's indulging. Releasing is just whatever that part of you is that feels this way. 
picture it as, as, as your inner child, your little boy or your little girl. And picture yourself holding that part of you and saying, it's okay. It's okay to feel that. It's okay to have this experience and having that good cry. So that's another form of release. Tremoring is one. If you start shaking or you feel like you need to shake, that's a good thing. That is the nervous system releasing. Hmm. Um, Laughing, laughing attacks. That's always a fun one. (laughs) Um, And burping. And I don't mean after, you know, you drank a, a, you know, big glass of something or had a meal. And I mean, it's, it's consistent burping, burping, burping. I had a client the other day at my retreat experienced this. And she goes, I thought this was bullshit up until now. (laughs) I thought people were making this up and just making themselves burp. And I go, no. And you're so relaxed that you're not even, you know, uptight. Like it's just like I had an experience my first time meditating too. There was music being played around me and it was just, I was so into what I was doing that these beautiful tears just kept flowing down my, but it wasn't like I was happier. It was just like this release. Like I didn't even know where it came from until my face was all wet and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, but it was such a beautiful feeling. Yeah. It's, um, it's an allowance. It just, it takes no effort. A lot of times what takes effort is resisting it and swallowing it and holding it back. And so it could be those, it could be sometimes my clients will start <coughs> coughing or feel like they need to purge. And I'm like, cough it out, keep going with that energy. Don't, don't stop it. Um, uh, having a good cathartic scream or punching a pillow. Mm. Think about it. If you're harboring anger, how else would the energy of anger want to be yes. if not a good, deep, from the root scream all the way up or you know punching a pillow it's true you know i've done that i've gone my car (laughs) (laughs) somewhere where there's nobody around and just let one out and it feels so good you know yes you feel a little crazy for about 30 seconds but you don't care because it just feels so great yeah so important and then hot and cold flashes Mm. the body getting hot and the body getting cold and releasing that way or sometimes it's it just dissipates if let's say you're holding tension somewhere and then it it releases itself and uh, so it it is that easy and it's the mind that complicates things that resists or asks why why am i feeling this way where did this come from why is this here? And all of that is just, it's, it's avoiding and it's protecting you from actually being with it. You know, analysis paralysis paralyzes you. Like it doesn't matter why make up a why right now. It's still here. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the reason. See, I was going to ask you about that. Cause I've talked to people with different opinions and for me, I- it was always important to find out, like, for example, when my anxiety was there. So it was always important for me to find out why do I have it? I was so angry about it at first. Yeah. Why is this happening? How? Because so, I thought if I knew why I would could put a stop to it. And yeah. I was taught it doesn't matter why. Don't think yeah. about why. You know, yeah. what is your take on that? Like, it's that's, the, what, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. I just said exactly that. 
The why doesn't matter. The why is going to keep you in your mind. And it's your mind that I just said complicates things. And it's your mind that wants to stay in control and fix it. When the truth is, Nelia, there's nothing to fix. Mm. There's nothing wrong. When I realized that, yeah. Thank you for saying that. This is a sensation. This is just energy in the body. And one of the things that I teach is learning to be with our emotions at the level of sensation. Most people are being with emotions at at the level of label. Mm. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm horny. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm scared. And if it's quote unquote labeled good, then we're like, woohoo. I mean, when do you ask yourself, why am I happy? Why am I happy? (laughs) It's true. Um, But if you're feeling angry or sad, why am I sad? How can I get this to stop? I just want to feel better. And that's the mind taking over when really our body is just experiencing a sensation. And so being with it at the level of sensation is, well, Melia, let me ask you, if you're anxious, let's say you're anxious right now, where in your body do you feel that? I feel it in my chest a lot in my neck. Yeah. Mm. Okay, great. And now if you were to close your eyes and describe and put all your focus there, like laser beam focus and describe it in as many sensations as possible. So I'll help you out. Does it have a temperature? Um, So yes, when I'm experiencing anxiety, um, it does. I get, feel very hot. Uh, you can become sweaty. Um, I feel the vibrations. I yeah. feel, um, yeah, like lack of control. My vision goes funny. Yeah. Um, I get so, headaches. Lots yeah. of so, so identifying wherever you're feeling it and describing that in felt sensations, color, temperature, size, mm. shape, texture, uh, weight is it pressure too is it pressure is it is it hollow is it dense is it mucky so as many ways as you can describe it what that's doing is you're being with it at the level of felt sensation and there's no judgment there there's no right wrong there's just this is what it is And you're also putting so much of your attention there with loving awareness and curiosity and the body then signals and knows what to do with it and starts to, Mm. to, to discharge it. It's, it's the judgment of it most of the time that has it continue to freak out (laughs) or thank you. You know, thank you so much for, for pointing that out because you know, when you're in that, with those moments, um, the fear takes over. So as long as you remember, look, if I can feel these things, I know I'm not going to die from this. Exactly. Which is why you prime, which is why you prime safety first. 
And then you say, I, okay, you accept that stage two acceptance. You accept the fact that yes, you are experiencing this. Hmm. And most people don't want to accept it. If you're trying to fix it, make it go away, change it, you're not accepting it. And people get stuck right there. They get stuck in that stage of transformation between awareness and acceptance of how can I make this go away? How can I make this stop? And it's like, no, just accept it, which means then you have to fully be with it and fully feel it, which is why it's important to prime safety first, right? Or continue to prime safety. So accepting the fact that I, doesn't matter why, because the why is like, I don't want to accept this. Tell me why. Uh, accepting I right now, I am experiencing dot, dot, dot. I had a client the other day that was like, well, I'm just, I'm just so angry. I'm like, great, be angry, get it out. Like there's no wrong emotion. <laughs> there's just, there's nothing wrong with being anger, angry, as long as you don't do something negative with yeah. it. Right. Exactly. So again, learning how to process and be with our own energy and emotions. So next time you feel anxious saying, okay, I'm safe. I'm, I, I'm, I'm experiencing anxiety right now. I'm safe, safe to experience this, safe to feel this. Where am I experiencing this anxiety? Where am I feeling it right now? Oh, it's in my neck. It's in my shoulder. It's in my chest. Okay. It's shaped like a shaped like a snake. It's very hot. It's spiky. It's, uh, it's heavy. It's, it's moving fast, whatever it is. And that gets you out of the monkey mind that's judging it, wanting to control it and into the body and, and you'll start to process it. I love that. You know, people can really, um, take everything that you've, that you've taught us today and really start, you know, start somewhere because, you know, I did that. I suppressed my feelings for 12 years Mm -hmm. thinking they were going to go away. Yeah. And instead I was left with diagnosis of this, of this, of this. That's not helpful either. Uh, None of those are you get away from the diagnoses. They have to diagnose you something, right? They got to charge, charge your insurance company. They have yeah. something and it's not until I said to myself enough, like I need to do this for me. Like I can't wait for everybody else to come and help me out. Like yeah. it needs to be something that I start. Yeah. And, and, the, and that, and that's powerful because you realize that, that you do have say. Absolutely. <laughs> you hold the power. You hold the key. I was going to say before, you know, when, when, I'm uh, with my family, like my, my sister-in-law and my niece and my niece is in the back seat and she's, you know, three years old and she wants to say something and you don't listen. What does she do? She's louder. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, 12 years of harboring and stuffing down emotions. Yeah. I could imagine that little Nelia, your inner child in there is like, I'm going to make a mess. I'm going to start a tornado. I'm going to get her attention. Exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 You can, you can free yourself. You can release all, all of that energy that's stored there and experience the peace and the spaciousness then to plant what you want to plant in your garden 
and to therefore live a life of creation, of being able to take action in the direction of the things that you want in your life, as opposed to constantly living in a state of survival, which is what most people are doing. Mm. They're, they're in, yes. how do I make sure this doesn't happen to me again? Or I don't want to end up like my mother. I don't want to end up like my father. I, you know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to die. I don't want to run yeah, out of money. <laughs> I don't want to run out of money. Everything is always the I don't want to dot dot dot, which is the language of a, of someone who's in survival. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in creation, it's all declarations of who you are. I love that. Who you're becoming. And in order to get there, you have to clear out what's there. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you know, everyone should just step into creation right now. I'm like, no, you, you have to complete whatever was incomplete from your past. You have to identify that weed in your garden. You have to get to the root of it. The root of it exists in the energetic body. Sometimes you have to revisit past experiences as an observer and and see that little Nelia didn't know how to deal with that when mom was saying X, Y, Z. She created this survival pattern of I'll just shut my mouth and go hide. And so sometimes you need to go back to those moments and, and say, if I knew I was safe, what would have I, and if I had the knowledge and awareness that I do now as an adult, because up to the age seven, we don't have logic. Mm. We're just taking in information and doing whatever we see with it. If you knew you were safe, what would you have done differently then? What would you have said to mom? What would you have needed to hear from mom and connecting in that moment to the experience that little Nelia had what did she see what did she hear what did she feel she felt sad and she was scared yeah feel that can you feel that right now and that'll connect you to that energy that trauma that our body holds these and I mean trauma just emotional experiences that didn't get processed mm-hmm. they got stored away absolutely and so it connects you to that where the body's like oh i'm safe now to process this and at the same time using your mind because again the mind is powerful we want the mind and the body to say if i knew i was safe what did i need for mom or what I, what would i have expressed to mom oh i would have let mom know mom please stop you're scaring me i'd really like it if you held me right now and it's like oh wow what do I need to give to myself oh the same thing I need to stop being hard on myself and and you know hold myself give myself the love do you agree that we give our friends and other people's children all this love that we don't give to ourselves like I talk much better to a friend than I would normally to me I'm correcting that now but It, it depends on what you learned so mom represents an extension of self. Um, so we learn everything about how to talk to ourselves, treat ourselves, be with ourselves, mm. 
take care of ourselves, listen to ourselves, everything related to the self you learned from mom. Hmm. Reason is, the second you were born and mom held you, you didn't know that that was your mom. Even if she said, I'm your mommy, you didn't understand. Mm. But what you did not recognize was the energy. The energy, mom's energy felt familiar. You just spent nine months in mom. And so in that moment, there's this bond, this connection get, that gets formed of like, mom is me, I am mom. And so mom in that moment becomes the role model for the self. You don't actually see mom as separate for the first few years. You see mom. That's why children are always like running to mommy mommy, mommy, I need mommy if they hurt themselves at that age or anything, because mom represents your foundation, your safety, your nurture. Mm. So it depends. And you learn by what you see here or feel energetically from mom, whether she said it directly to you or indirectly, and whether she feels it about herself, and that energy imprinted you. Or she made you feel that way by the way that she communicated to you and treated you. So you learn how to treat yourself. And we, we copy and at times we rebel. <laughs> I'm never going to do that again. Either one is not who you are. Both are survival tactics. So that's the self. And then everything related to others we learn from father. Because the day where you were born, dad held you for the first time. And it didn't feel familiar in any way, but it felt amazing because dad was just on ecstasy times a hundred, you know, I mean, a mother has nine months to get used to like, whoa, this is really happening. There's definitely something growing in my belly. The dad may see the belly growing, feel the kicks, but it doesn't become real until he holds you. Mm -hmm. And when he holds you, oh, there's, there's joy there. There's a lot of pride. Pride. <laughs> Great of this. <laughs> and they're just so like overwhelmed with emotions. And that's what you feel when dad first holds you. It's like ecstasy times a hundred. And so that is the love of our life. It's the first experience of something outside of me mm -hmm. loving me. Absolutely. It's everything that's not me. Cause you're like, whoa, this isn't me, but this feels great. So dad becomes the role model for the world, the universe, God. <laughs> That's why the father, right? Um, uh, love, love and relationships with others, vulnerability and purpose. And so when people struggle with others, they say, what, what did you learn from dad? What did dad model to you in this area? And... Sometimes there's something that, that you learned from both. There's to uncover, well, how, what did mom show you about, you know, being with others? And then dad representing the other, what was that like for you? So for me, my father uh, ran a hotel when I was young. So he worked 16 hours a day. So I didn't see dad much, meaning I didn't see my world. I didn't have time with others. I didn't have love there for me, right? That is who he represents. And how that affected me was I took on beliefs of I'm invisible. Mm. I don't matter. 
others will always put something else before you. Mm. And that played out for years for me. And my way of surviving it, because again, our identity has to create a way to survive that was, um, I think it was at eight years old, my dad started working from home with his own business. I would go down and help dad, Mm -hmm. you know, stapling papers, paper clips, whatever I could do, making photocopies, filing, because I just wanted to be around love. And I thought that that was quality time together when really I was just there in the background. Grasping for time. Mm -hmm. And that showed up in my future romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I remember my high school boyfriend being really into playing video games and he just wants to sit there and play video games, which is fine, but I should have gotten home. Instead, I'd sit there and watch him play and clean his room and make some lunch for us. Um, Cause again, it fit the script. Right. Of what I learned. So long answer to <laughs> the topic of, you know, how we treat ourselves versus how we treat others. Mm-hmm. Mm. all it goes back to what you learn from mom and dad and here's the thing to recognize it's not who you are Nelia it's what you learned and if you learned it you can unlearn it and that's the other takeaway I want people listening to get stop saying I am depressed I am a procrastinator I am a people pleaser and start saying, I learned to be a people pleaser. Mm. I learned to be a procrastinator. Thank you for that. It, there's, there's, what do you feel? There's space there mm-hmm. for something new. Not a punishment. <laughs> it's not a punishment. It's not a sentence till your death. It's not who you are. It's just what you learn. Just those words give you more hope to be able to change those. Now you can unlearn it. Opens, it. Mm-hmm. it opens up a whole new door. I learned to be a people pleaser. Huh? So if I learned that, what else? Who, who do I want to be? How did I learn that? So, and I just, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, so a lot of us feel that maybe we can do this on our own, but we can't, like, it, it takes a long time, the journey is long, it's one of the most important things you can do for yourself, one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is take the time to, you know, learn differently and learn um, how to unlearn those things, and like you said yourself, you had a coach, right, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so That's I just... You know, I think it's so important for people not to put so much pressure that they need to know everything. This is why there are coaches like you out there. This is why there are people who have been through it and have been on the other side. Like, for example, if I asked you, how different is your life now than before? It would be night and day, right? It is. I shared that in the beginning. Right now, it's a thriving business with a whole team. I get to do a lot of podcasts while the rest of my team does the other stuff. Um, you know, a, a wonderful relationship with a man who loves real quality time with me and presence with me and has taught me a lot about that. Cause when he started being that way with me, I was like, I don't know. Whoa. Oh, this is different. How do I be? What do I do with all this? This is so new. Um, so yeah, life is uh, extremely uh, different. It, like a garden, you know, when you, when you trim a weed, that weed grows back, doesn't look any different. 
you know, there's, there's self-development work out there that doesn't go deep enough and maybe makes you feel better in the moment. Like, woohoo. Oh my God. I went to Tony Robbins and not to knock Tony. He's obviously (laughs) brilliant and great, but some people need something deeper or closer to experience the release past just like a, oh my God, I had this amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Transformation is not a walk in the park on a sunny San Diego day. Transformation mm-hmm. is a walk through a burning forest and there's a dragon to slay. Yes. And if you're not experiencing, if you're not feeling, you're not healing. And if you are harboring anger, resentment, sadness, grief, and you're not feeling that, you're not healing that. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, life is very different now. You know, I've gotten to the root of my weeds where I could plant new seeds and behave and take action, meaning water those seeds. And now, yeah, life looks different. Like end of the day, bottom line is you want to know if the, if, if the course you're doing or the coach you're working with, if it was effective, as long as you showed up a hundred percent does life look different? Mm -hmm. I always tell people when they complete my work, I'm like, you don't have to go tell people about this. Show them, Mm. show up differently. Show up as your best version of yourself. And they're watching and they're going to say, whoa, you're like, I had a client message me today. She just came out of my retreat last week. She's like, I've had a few people comment and tell me how much I'm glowing, how grounded and open I feel exactly. And then they always say, what have you been doing? And then you get to tell them Mm. that's real transformation. Um, But yeah, you know, it's, it's like, if you're trying to do this by yourself, it's lonely and it's painful. (laughs) <laughs> a lot more fun in group with with someone supporting and holding your hand and at the end of the day it's not going to work for you it's only I'm nodding because i totally agree i totally i'm going to work with you you have to be willing to do your part in it um but from someone who's been in the industry for 16 years uh um, I wish, you know, I, I have some clients right now that are like 24, 27. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> have this at that age. Like the sky's the limit for you so much sooner. It's just, <clears throat> it's not that you can't do it on your own. It's just going to take you so much longer, you know, learn from the experts, work with the experts and, um, get the, 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 the transformation and the experience that much sooner because, you know, time is finite. And for some people, it may be an issue of money. Money is, you know. What the value you put on it, right? Yeah, and money's infinite. I mean, I remember going from being $40,000 in debt to having $60,000 in my bank account in one year and being debt-free. Like, uh, you know, it could change like that. You can go from making 10,000 today to, to $2 today, <laughs> the next day. It could go any which way. And we give too much power to money instead of seeing it as energy. But the, but the only guarantee is that our, our time is finite. Mm. until they so come precious. out with a magic pill but it's 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 the most precious thing and so how are you spending it what do you want to do with it and and 
you know, when I hear from my clients that have experienced the transformation, they always say like, wow, I wish I, I wish I knew sooner. I wish I had this sooner. I wish I didn't wait if they did. And so, um, yeah, embrace being inside of a, of a container of a community and going through the trenches with others, um, with, with a leader, with a guide, and uh, you'll have a lot more fun as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and people will just, you know, sometimes there's a fear there, but people will just um, embrace you, you know, and you'll feel like you're, you're with your people because you will be, you know, you will learn to trust and yeah, yeah. It, is, it is amazing. Yeah, for sure. It can be very lonely if you're doing it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And some things can only be healed in community. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some things that um, you can work on the limiting belief. You could feel the energy and all that. But if you don't trust women, because all women are mean girls, for example, (laughs) and you are like, I had a client at my retreat last week that that was her thing. And we did a, an afternoon, a 90 minute session where it was just the women. And I asked all the women in the group, how many of you have felt hurt or betrayed by a woman at some point in your life? And like, you know, 95% of them raised their hand. And then I also said, how many of you women have been that woman to betray or be a mean girl at some point in your life? And some of the same women raised their hand this was so healing for, for this one, for my one client, because she really thought that it was only her. Mm. And there really are certain things that um, can only be healed in group, in community. uh, And, and, and that's, that's, that's the power of it. So true. Like we're all humans. We all have different, (laughs) you know, uh, different yet similar experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And if you so think many. you're the only one that it's all you, then, then it is going to be lonely in there. Because if you're the only one, then where are you living in your own head? Which yes. you could get in there as far as I know. <laughs> so it could be very lonely. Um, and yeah, so embrace the tribe, find whoever your, your tribe is and your tribe leader is, and then discover discover who you are. Thank you so much. I've learned a lot from you today. And I'm sure our audience has learned a lot. Where can we find you? How can we connect with you? Um, I'm active on Instagram and not Perry. Also, we have a for those of you that are active on Facebook, we have a free Facebook community called the Freedom Seekers Tribe. So you could uh, join in on there. Love it. I will join that today. Yeah. And then you can go to trainingcampforthesoul.com and see what's the latest and greatest with us. Well, I had a lot of fun and I learned so much and I love it because I think people will put the shame away and start actually doing the work. Yep. That's it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all your wisdom and sharing, you know, your, your personal story as well. And, and I love it when I meet new people that have taken what they have gone through and and want to show people the other side and have turned that into a business. So much respect for that. Thank you, Nelia. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, 
please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.